welcome back to another episode of the Two Average Brown Rose podcast. I'm your host, Prashank. And I'm your host, Andres. And today is Monday, May 9th, 2022. Andres, what's happening? You know, it's um it's a brand new week. Um super hot though, uh compared to like what it was before. So happy about that, but at the same time, just don't know if I'm ready for it <laughs> mentally. Um, but other than that, it is good. It is, we're in May now, so <laughs> it's going by so fast. But yeah, nothing, like, life's good. How about you, Rishan? How are you doing? Yeah, the weather's finally amazing. I've been enjoying going on my walks at lunchtime and after work when I can. And it's been really nice. I call my parents, you know, back in Sask. My brother, he went back to Sask for the summer. So when I call them, they're jealous because Sask is still pretty chilly right now. Mm-hmm. The snow has melted, but it's still cold. But they get jealous of the Ottawa weather, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, they also had like pretty hot days recently, though. But over here, at least all week, it's going to be in the 20s. Yep. And I'm loving it. So, Andres, what did you learn this past week? This past week, what did I learn this past week? Um, I did learn something. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about it. So while I think about it, Brushang, why don't you tell us what you learned this week? Um, so this week, I, something interesting that I learned was about Julianne Kopke. I think I'm saying that right. She's a Peruvian slash German lady. Have you heard about her? The last name sounds familiar, but don't remember why. So, you know, it's actually really quite the miracle because she was in a plane crash back in 1971. Uh, I believe the flight was somewhere in South America. Uh, I, I believe it was somewhere in December 1971. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the plane, I guess, took off. And I think it was a thunderstorm, a lightning strike. Um, I guess it hit it, and then the severe thunderstorm and turbulence caused the plane to pretty much crash and, you know, literally crash. And it was going from Lima to Iquitos, I think I'm saying that right? Mm, I think. Sounds about right. And so Julianne, um, she she was the only survivor of the flight. Um, There's 92 people in the flight all together but she's only the one that survived and it's crazy because um, she had a broken collarbone a deep gash up to her right arm eye injury and a concussion but she was able to trek through the dense amazon jungle for 10 days and found shelter in a hut and hmm. local fishermen found her and took her to back to the civilization so you know miracles like that obviously you know plane crash is pretty big but um so at that time she had just graduated um high school at that time so you know only 17 year old girl but she survived and it's pretty crazy to see i know there's lots of documentaries out there i think one of the ones that are available on youtube is called miracles still happen so if you want to watch that look it up and although you know sad story for everyone else on the flight she survived um her mother who i believe is her mother who was on the flight with her also passed away in the flight but you know she survived and obviously so much trauma for her you know in her life but and but like the cool thing is or cool thing whatever like 
cool thing, lucky thing. She's still alive now. Um, she's actually a, a mammalogist, so she studies mammals and such. And so her parents, I believe, at that time were also big into like um, some kind of science, like biological science, and they were stationed in the Amazon forest. So I think that's where she got, you know, the knowledge to survive the Amazon rainforest. But nonetheless, it was pretty, quite a miracle for her. That's um that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it was like for me, I love looking up like, you know, airplane articles and stuff. So this one, I came across it and it was pretty neat to read. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a little show, like there's always it's different when there's like the actual perspective of the like someone that actually survived. You know. Yeah, exactly. So for me, in terms of what did I learn this week, uh, I learned about um I learned about Spain and it sounds very nerdy, but kind of like how um how their concentration like their population density is very different and uh um just like compared to other European cities, um, there's areas like, of course, they're highly dense compare, and they're very comparable to Europe, like other bigger European centers, but um, that there are areas that they're just very sparse, which is very rare uh, in Spain, especially like they like it's around the mountainous areas, uh, which is very different to kind of like what it is like in other, other mountainous, countries in Europe, like Switzerland and Austria. So it was just very interesting to see the two realities of Spain, kind of like a very modern, high, uh, high tech, highly industrialized, modernized part of Spain that everybody knows, you know, like Madrid, Barcelona, um, uh, all of these big cities compared to kind of like really what is like inner Spain, except for Madrid, I've, I believe so. Um, how it's like not densely populated and very agrarian um, and very neglected. And especially kind of like comparing the different train systems because Spain, um, it's a country that has a lot of, of high-speed trains. It is, it is very... Um, very impressive like everything literally like connects to Madrid and almost everything connects with a high-speed train but in those areas where it's uh, vaguely populated and that not a lot of money has been put into um, bring these communities into kind of like the same level of of modernity uh, there are trains that Um, they go uh, at 30 kilometers or 30 miles per hour, which is pretty slow for a train. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot about like the two the two realities of Spain, which was very interesting. Yeah, that's actually quite, quite interesting. There's, you know, every time I learn something new about from this segment, it's like there's so much to learn yet, you know, like that quote, the more you know, the less you know, or something like that. Um, the more you learn, the less you know, you know, it's really true because the more and more things you gain that you realize there's so much more to learn about the world. Oh, yeah, there's always something different to learn, which is which is amazing. I like learning or just watching very random videos. That I was like, huh, I learned something new today.
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's uh, that's a perfect segue into our main feature for this week's. I, I wanted to talk about, you know, it's summer, so people are applying for summer jobs, uh, whether it's like, you know, sprucing up their resumes, cover letter, interviewing. So, you know, just tips and tricks that we've learned along the way for applying for jobs, you know, doing interviews and all that jazz. Exactly. So, Prishank, have you ever had a summer job? I hope so. <laughs> no, absolutely. So a little bit about like my summer jobs in the past. Um, after high, During high school, I, I was a paper boy. So in the summer and during the year, I delivered flyers to the neighborhood. Of course, the pay wasn't too great, but that was like my first official job, I guess. And then after that, after first and second year of university, I did lawn care. So Regina Housing Authority um, in Saskatchewan, they took care of low-income housing around Regina. And there's a team of us, summer students, all summer students who, who went out there and did the landscaping and lawn care for these like low-income people. So whether it's mowing the lawn, trimming the hedges, you know, um, raking the leaves in the fall or before, I guess, before the summer. And in the winter, obviously, if you stayed in the winter, I didn't stay in the winter, but if you stayed in the winter, snow shoveling, all that. And then after that, after my third year of university, that was my internship. So, you know, it was a summer job, but it extended into the winter and then next summer as well. And then after that, I graduated, got full-time jobs. So, oh, one job I did forget was I worked at Quiznos for uh, one summer after high school as well. Mm-hmm. So it was quite, you know, I've had quite the wide range of experiences. Most of it doing physical labor, but also like working at, uh, you know, fast food place. So things like that. Um, I think those jobs have been very hard. Most of the jobs I've had in the summer have been really tough and phys
more slow just because uh, either you're waiting for timelines to finish or you're trying to rethink how to do things. But yeah, basically, yeah, um, I don't have the experience of high school summer jobs or anything like that just because um, for like at least uh, back back in Mexico uh, during high school, it's very rare that you work unless like uh, unless you financially uh, financially you need to do it. Uh, most likely, uh, it's very, yeah, it's not a very, like, a thing, like, very common thing, at least uh, from what I know. It might be different nowadays. Uh, but, yeah, for me then, it was until university when I started having having jobs and being part of the workforce. Yeah, I think it's crazy because, like, you know, especially in Canada, I feel like, Uh, and in other places too university is so expensive that you have to start working right away but even for me like I, I started later than most of my like friends because most of them you know worked at McDonald's or things like that in grade 9, 10 you know as soon as, soon as you turn 14, 15 I think then that's when you can start but for me I didn't start until like almost 16, 17 so a little bit later but at the same time I think working I mean If you don't have to work, that's fine. But I think a lot of people like, you know, whether even if you don't have to work, I feel like a lot of people just want pocket change and to spend on food or whatever it is and just work. And I guess work teaches you a lot of things like I even my close friends who are, you know, pretty lazy or don't like doing other things have had some some like hard work in their past, which has like changed them or changed their personality to become more appreciative and stuff. I think working, you know, obviously, if you, if you can, obviously, not everyone can work, but if you can, it's, I think it's an, a pretty good thing. But I guess, applying for work, and you know, that's the hard part, you know, whether it's a summer job, co op, practicum, internship, or a full time job, applying for jobs is, it's, it's not hard, it's just tedious, right? Because then you can't just apply, expect to get a job after you apply for one job, you have to sit on your computer, scroll through indeed linkedin whatever it is and apply pretty much every day Yeah, uh, cover letters. I hate cover letters so, so much. Um, if there's anything I hate about applying to jobs. Well, one, it's not hearing back from like the person or the company you applied for. It's just like, can you just send an email saying like, or call saying no. Uh, so I hate the wait for when you apply. Um, but the other thing that from my end, I truly, truly um truly truly dislike is writing cover letters they're just i just can't it's just too much Yeah, I feel like most of the time, like when I've applied for jobs in the past, cover letter, unless it's a job I really want, I make a cover letter pretty general and just change like the company names. You know, I'm pretty sure there are people like recruiters out there that said, no, don't listen to these guys. But for me, cover letter just gets really tedious because I feel like your resume should say most of the things about you anyway, right? Yeah, and I mean, um, yeah, on the cover letter, you're able to expand a little bit more on those things. But then that's the thing, right? Like when you go into the interview, you will want to say some other things that, well, other things that are outside of what you've already mentioned on your CV and your cover letter, right? 
So in a certain way, like I understand the point of selling yourself before people interview you, but I think a standard cover letter is just, um, I think, uh, like personally, I'm not a, like, it takes me a while like, to get inspired and motivated to write. So having to, yeah, exactly, like for like a job that I really want or I'm mean, really interested in, finding the, like, finding the right mindset to write the proper cover letter that will get me there, it's a lot. Of, it's very time consuming that for me, for example, if you were to ask me if I were to do like a cover letter in a three-minute video or three and a or like three to four minutes of a video that's a lot easier for me because I'm just for some reason I'm better at talking than writing so I would rather do that which is a modern form of a cover letter if you will want to say it that way but um um so yeah um well, I think with that okay so do you like how like how is your interview style? I guess what are some tips that you can share for interview styles? Uh, oh, right. uh for me, uh, in terms of interview, I'm the type of person that um, for answers, I really uh, I try to go from the general. Um, I think it's called. Uh, I think it's called deductive. Yes, yeah, it is deductive. So I'm more of a deductive person. So I go from the general to the particular. Um, so I'll start very broad, like not like very broad, that sounds very vague. Um, but then like I'll start like with a very broad answer to the question and then lead into an example of something that I've done or how how can I express that I actually do have experience with that. So I usually go uh, go that way is um, kind of like showing that I have a general understanding of the question uh, and like what they're asking for and then slowly transition into how I have applied that in very particular situations. So then there's like the specifics aspect to it because I rather be more specific in an interview um, than it is, than not. Just because I do believe that the more specific you are, um, you can show a little bit more nuance to things, and it really showcases a little bit more your uh, your skills in that way. How about you, Rishin? Yeah, one of the things I've learned about interviews is just to be like honest and upfront. So most of the time, you know, you should be prepared for an interview, but on the off chance that there's a question that you don't know how to respond, I think it's for me personally, I found it better. Um, to answer just straight up say I don't know the answer to that but I can get back to you later or you know I don't have experience in that because if you make something up obviously the interviewers will know you're making stuff up right so that looks worse and I know that's true because in the past when I've been straight up with the interviewer like viewers and said hey I don't know the answer to that question or I don't have experience in that later on they'll tell me they really like that answer because not a lot of people try to like work their way through it or fumble through it or even straight up BS with their answers. And some for most of the time, interview like exams, you know, in university, you can BS through it, but interviews, you can't because the people on the other side are just as knowledgeable as you or if not even more. 
Oh, yeah, uh, that, exactly. And that's a problem. Um, you're talking to people that are not experts, but that at least they have years of experience in the area, either interviewing or years in the area that you're planning on working on. So yeah, I would, I'm completely agree with you. I'd rather be honest with an answer than trying to work myself through an answer in an interview. And in terms of preparedness, I think what has worked and I think a good tip is going through the job description. So kind of like how you do your resume and your cover letter, you go through the posting and you try to tailor it based on that. I think preparing for the interview also does that you have to like the posting is the best way that you can prepare for the specifics that you need to know and that you need to research ahead of time maybe so going through it and kind of like what i do is have the job posting have uh have my cv open uh, or my resume open um and then kind of like seeing going to the list of duties and responsibilities and see what have I done? How can I express what experiences do I have based on this? And going like it's a little bit, yeah, intensive sometimes, but it really kind of like gives you a little bit of an outline. And for example, um, if it's for like a very specific job, you know, kind of like moving forward, you know, into professional jobs and things like that, um, it will be kind of like the specific knowledge. So reviewing, reviewing topics, uh, reviewing concepts, but for summer jobs, uh, what also like another important thing is sometimes they're like, really they are like, so why are you applying for this? Um, so always trying to find a connection between kind of like anything that you'd want, need or goals into that summer job position, it's a little bit more likely. Uh, that it sets well with the interviewers, uh, especially like if you can find that connection because uh, otherwise if you're just like, I'm just doing it for the money, I'm pretty sure a lot of interviewers already know people are applying for sometimes for the money. <laughs> but if you're saying like for the experience or like if there, there's a specific tie. So for example, for me applying for summer jobs um, during undergrad was because at that time, my plan was to be a researcher and I wanted to gain skills in the lab setting. Um, so at that time, that's what like would be when I had to express in a certain way why I needed it. Um, and also, yeah, it lets you know kind of like where your strengths are going into an interview. Yeah, I think... One of the things that I've done more recently is, I to be honest, I don't fully prepare for an interview because I feel like the jobs that I mostly apply for, um, I should have a good idea of what they're going to ask, right? Summer jobs, it's a little bit different because you're trying to apply for as many things as you can and just try to get something, especially if you're younger, right? If you're in high school or little university where you don't know what you're trying to do like full-time, so you're just applying for whatever. With those ones, it's a little bit harder. But it's always a good idea, like you said, just write things down from the job posting because the job posting itself is your solution to the interview, right? They're not going to ask anything beyond the job posting itself. They'll ask about your experience, you know, what your capabilities are, your skills are. But for the most part, if you just go through the job posting, you know, a day or two before the interview or an hour before the interview and just 
say, hey, can I answer this? Can I answer this? I feel like you should be good for the most part. And I think that's why, especially nowadays when I'm doing interviews, it's like I'm, I don't really get stressed because if I know it, I know it. If I don't, I don't. Like there's, I don't think in interviews for me anyway, there's no in between because like I said, I'd rather be straight up and be like, hey, I don't know this versus try to weave my way through the answers that I stumble through. Yeah, that's it's there's no point on trying to and if anything it shows like uh if you don't know the answer it should and you tell them like um you know I'm not familiar with that or like phrasing it correctly it also shows that you know um you're willing to learn and that you are in a certain way you know where your limitations are applying to applying to the job. And also, one thing that I also do is I, uh, I research uh, the company that I'm applying for. Um, so in that way, you also familiarize yourself a little bit with what their work is. Because there's a point that sometimes I figure out in interviews, like if you're talking, but then what you're saying doesn't really make sense to kind of like the objectives and the goals of the company you're applying for like you might be a great interviewer but if it doesn't align to what the company's job does or what their mission is um then of anything you answer might be a big disconnect and probably not what they're looking what they're looking for so just like a quick skim through of like if they have a website or like an Instagram page or there's LinkedIn, there's multiple places where you can find a little bit more about the company. I would say just do a skim through to get familiarized a little bit with. Yeah, that's actually a really good advice because a lot of people don't do that, right? Because some of the times they'll ask, they'll ask you if you have any questions and that's a really good thing to ask if like, you know, if you actually haven't done any research at the end of the interview, you can always ask about, you know, what the day-to-day -day job entails or like what their vision is or just things like that to make it seem like you're a little bit more interested than some of the other candidates. Because I know a lot of people just be like, oh, I don't have any questions. But even if you like, ask a couple of questions about the company itself or their work day to day, it, it shows like a, almost like an appreciation for the job interview itself. Exactly. And it shows that you put a little bit of your time into figuring that out. And a very good point to touch base is always having questions. Um, like you said, um, it shows interest, but at the same time shows that you prepare yourself if you have questions towards the end. Um, I would say always have at least two or three questions, uh, two that are very general, like you said, like day to day, what's the, uh, what, what is like the team environment or something like that, which can be applied to any job that you're applying for. And they have like a third that's a little bit more specific uh, to the job that you're applying for. Because um, then once again, it's like uh, something that I keep on reading is that, yes, there are applying, you're applying for them. So they're evaluating you. But at the same time, uh, an interview is also an opportunity for you to evaluate them and see if it's going to be a good fit. And for me, it took a while to learn that. I'd be like, you know, that is true. Because um, if you know since the interview, it's not going to be a good fit, then you already know that going in. <laughs> or once you finish the interview, you already know that. 
Um, so in a certain way, you also take that opportunity to evaluate them uh, in an interview. So uh, I would say always have questions. And as being part of having done interviews, but also like me interviewing for a job, but also me interviewing people for a job, uh, if you don't understand a question, don't be afraid to say like, hey, I completely didn't get that. Can you just re repeat it again? Or can you just rephrase it? Uh, just because I'm not understanding. Or it's just like, can you just say that again? Um, there's nothing wrong with asking for you to do that. Uh, everyone knows that when you're in an interview, it's a high pressure environment. So of course, it might take a while for your brain to uh, connect some of the dots. Um, kind of, like it's trying to deal with like too much stimuli at the same time. Um, so don't be afraid to do that and take like, it's okay if you take some time to answer the question. So it's okay to like sit for like 30 seconds um, to kind of like collect your thoughts and then say your answer to a question. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, because one, also you're not stumbling upon your words and trying to, it doesn't look like you're unprepared and like you're stumbling through your words, but also that you took your time to get collected and then say, a, say an answer that is sound and that makes sense, you know? So it's okay to ask, for the question again, it's okay to take your time to answer, um, answer the question. Um, and if the question is specific, I would say listen to the question. Um, <laughs> there's always keywords in the question that will guide you through, but also if they're asking for specifics, then like there's no point on being broad. Just go to the specifics. Like if they're asking you for can you tell me the different steps of what you will do in this situation? Um, go straight to the steps. Unless they ask you for your reasoning behind them, just go concrete to what they're asking for it. There's no point on overselling, um, overselling certain things. So releasing well, that's like a good, I've learned through the years and talking with different people, always listen to what you're being asked for. Absolutely. I think just, you know, interviews, they can be very fast or slow, I think. But you just got to find a way to slow things down. You know, like you said, asking questions is never a bad idea. Or just even during an interview, don't be afraid to write things down as you go along because that helps, right? Maybe you forgot something that you want to bring up later or, you know, they ask a question that you want to ask about later. So have a pen and paper next to you. I think those are all amazing tips for completing interviews. Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to, to write things unless I tell you that you cannot write. Um, uh, don't be afraid to, to write a couple of things. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's different types of learning. Um, and I think slowly we're involved in interviews are getting involved into that of there's different ways that people process information and interviews starting to accommodate that a little bit more um so yeah um and well, i'm just trying to think what other 
tips that are, I think, yeah, mainly for undergrad, um, if you're applying for jobs that will, like, gain your skills, that's, like, another thing. Like, you can always, when they are, like, when they ask you, like, so, um, um, what are what are you trying to learn out of this? Um, or, like, for internships and things like that, do have general things, you know, like, I want to explore more, I want to get to know the industry, blah, 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 that are very broad answers, but also have specific things you want to get out of it. Because uh, once again, it shows that you've done re research and you are well-informed, but also that you have concrete goals to take out of this position, especially for summer jobs that are very, like, they're two to four months long. So you really want to be able to get as much knowledge as you can from that small period of time. And then for internships and things like that, they can vary along the time. So knowing what the what the time period is and what goals you are setting yourself from the beginning in order to, to do that. And then it also lets the interviewers know like, okay, can are we prepared to set, like to be able to help out with this? Uh, and see if their business model or their company or what they're looking for the position is going to be able to satisfy that. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, everyone has their interview style, figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And like, like everything that we talked about on this podcast, it's just a learning opportunity for yourself. And honestly, if you really need help, practice with a friend or practice with your sibling or your family, right? Those, although those that might sound very cliche, I think when you practice with somebody who's gone through the process, they can point things out. Like if you say um too much or if you say like too much, like, you know, I, I say like a lot and I try to improve that, but it's hard and you just got to work on it whenever you can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. You know, the good old saying practice makes perfect. I went interviews. The same practice, I would say continue practicing. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so yeah, ask your friends, ask your family. Um, if you're in school, ask a prof. Um, ask if you have a mentor, ask them, but get as much practice as you can. Um, and then you get more comfortable with the environment. And that's like the important thing with interviews is starting to get comfortable and familiarize yourself with that environment because it's not, oh, sorry. It's not something that you do often, right? Like talking with a friend, you do that very often. So of course you're more comfortable doing that, but interviews is not something you do on a daily basis all the time. So get yourself comfortable um, with that, with, with that environment for sure. Exactly. So Andres, any last tips or tricks for resumes or interviews for our listeners? Uh, in terms of interviews, you know, just um, make sure that you plan ahead of time so that if you have to go in person, you're getting there before the scheduled time. Um, you don't want to be rushing that day. So make sure to have a schedule and a routine in order to make to be there in time. Uh, if it's remotely as well, be a couple of minutes before uh, the start time of the interview. And after that, 
uh, in terms of resume and cover letter, just have someone check over it. Um, they might be able to point out a couple of things to strengthen your application. So always, always have someone check, check on your stuff. How you were saying any final tips? I think for me, don't lie on your resume because obviously employers can find that out. Um, LinkedIn, I know I've talked about LinkedIn in the past and we can talk about LinkedIn in a future episode. I think link, LinkedIn, there's pros and cons to LinkedIn, but use it to your advantage. You know, there's always recruiters out there, job postings on LinkedIn. There's so many things. And lastly, for interviews, just put yourself out there. Like apply to as many jobs as you can. Don't be afraid of getting rejected because you know what? To get one job, you have to apply for hundreds of thousands of jobs um, just to hear back or just to get an interview. So don't be afraid of getting rejected because you know what? That's what job hunting is all about. Yeah, do not get discouraged about the process of applying, uh, applying for a job. Exactly. So Andreas, what are you looking forward to for this upcoming week besides for, working? <laughs> <laughs> for this upcoming week, what I'm looking forward to, it is just a gorgeous weather. Um, so spending it by the canal, um, just walking around it, maybe have a picnic for dinner sometime. Um, so I'm very excited for the very nice weather. Uh, and then after that, then we'll, um, over the weekend, um, friend, a couple of friends actually, because May apparently is a crazy birthday month. Um, so it's just a big celebration for all of them over the weekend, which I am excited for. And then, uh, starting to tie up some, um, tie up some things before I head, uh, before I head home next week. So I'm very excited about that, but there's uh, a couple of things that I have to do beforehand uh, in order to have everything set up and ready. The most important one is figuring out what is going to happen with Sherlock. <laughs> um, other, but yeah, I'm very. It's uh, it's going to be a busy week for sure, but uh, it's exciting. It just it's actually feeling like summer even just temperature-wise. How about you, Shang? What are you looking forward for this week? So this week, Agrima's actually driving up to Ottawa for the week. Um, also, the Tulip Festival starts on the 13th in Ottawa. So looking forward to going to that with her. She'll be coming here on Saturday. Tulip Festival also starts on Friday, but we won't get to go until Sunday, I think, or next week. So looking forward to seeing her, looking forward to the amazing weather, like we've said. And, you know, just checking out the Tula Festival because I've heard so many good things about it. We can finally go and check it out. Oh, that's amazing. Tulips. I know. I know that the Tulip Festival is happening in Ottawa, which is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Festival season. Exactly. So, Andres, where can the listeners reach out to us if they have any questions or comments or concerns or crybaby stuff for us? If you have any of those things we Shank mentioned, um, you can contact us uh, through Instagram and Twitter and the Two Average Ramblers podcast. Uh, we'll get back to you on things over there. So please feel free to reach out. 
Um, if there's a topic that we have covered uh, that you wish us to cover, or if you want something to us for us to expand on, let us know. We're all ears. Uh, we're also here growing and learning, so uh, we're not experts on everything. So whatever you want us to talk about, um, we'll talk about it, even if that means Rishang and I have to do some research ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, reach out to us. We don't bite, I promise. Exactly. So like always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or crybaby stuff, reach out to us and let us know what your thoughts are, if you need any advice on resumes, interviews, or just applying for jobs in general, just reach out to us, we'll be happy to help. Or if you just want to rant to us about your experiences, let us know. Exactly, but other than that, thanks for catching up with us and listening to another episode of the Two Average Brothers Podcast. And we'll catch up next time with a brand new episode. Bye! See ya!